to bring the sermon from our Sunday morning services to you each and every week. We are currently in our sermon series, Stories of Christmas. In this series, we are walking through Luke 2 and the stories of different people who played a role in the Christmas story. From Mary and Joseph to the shepherds and the Magi, each of these stories will culminate in the birth of Jesus. So join us as we share the stories of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, I'm really glad that you're here this morning joining us for a special Christmas Eve service. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you before, my name is Nick Allen. I get to be the campus pastor of this location of Rolling Hills, and it's an honor to have you here this morning worshiping with us. If it's your first time here, do not leave today without a special gift. I'll be in the back of the room at the close of the service over here by a banner that says welcome. Um, And not just in honor of Christmas, we actually give a gift to every first-time guest ever. Um, But today, it's Christmas, so you might as well take it and enjoy it. We're glad that you're here, and we want you to have a really great morning. We are culminating um, a series that we've been in since Thanksgiving, right at the start of Advent, this whole story of Christmas. And the Christmas story is actually a a lot of people's stories along the way. Like we started out talking about Mary, this young girl that was visited by an angel and told that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. That's a big deal. The next week we talked about Joseph, the guy that she was engaged to be married to. He still had a very important part of the story. And then the next week we talked about shepherds on a hillside that were invited to come and to see the Messiah. And what a significant moment it was for people like that in a vocation like that, in an environment like that, to be invited to come and witness it. And then we fast-forwarded in time a couple of years to when the wise men finally arrived, not to visit the baby Jesus like they are at all of our nativity scenes, but to visit ultimately toddler Jesus, I can't imagine what that household was like, to come and to bring him gifts. And honestly, that's the reason why we give gifts and why we celebrate the gift of gift giving at Christmas time amongst any other opportunity during the year. And I'm excited today because that story ultimately culminates in the giving of a gift named Jesus. And that's who we talk about. And the best way for us to talk about it today is by talking about the people that experienced it and received it. I love the little story that we watched earlier, and I'm glad that kids are in the room today like our preschoolers and older kids. I'm excited that you guys are here. I love that video. There's a couple of observations that I made about it. First and foremost, did y'all notice how Lego Mary had really big guns? Like her arms, like she's a tough girl. Um, That was a big deal. And then you notice how, like I thought personally, maybe you didn't notice it the way that I did, but I thought the shepherds looked scary. Like, did you see it? Did they look a little creepy to you? I thought, ooh, I don't know. Like it wasn't, you know, in the story, it's them that are afraid of the angels. 
The angel's like, fear not. Um, with the, I think the angel should have been afraid of them. They looked a little bit different, you know, whatever. Um, and then also, as a church, we want to make sure that it's known this morning that we in no way endorse the use of essential oils from doTERRA, Young Living, any of the others. We're not trying to sell you anything before you leave today. But if you like it and use it, that's great. Keep going. Whatever you do, you. We're excited about this story. I'll tell you a little bit about me. Um, when I was a kid, many of you guys age in the room, I was a snooper at Christmas time trying to find all the gifts and figure out what they were and where they came from and where they might be hidden. And like, that was a big deal. Um, it's actually, um, to be honest, I'm still a snooper a little bit. Like, my stocking already has some things in it at our house, and I've like kind of felt around and tried to figure out what those things are. I feel like I'm getting some eyes from my family over here in this corner. I was told yesterday that I'm no longer allowed in the laundry room. Some of y'all are excited. You're like, man, I wish my wife would tell me I don't have to go in the laundry room anymore. <laughs> to be fair, I go in there the other 364 days a year, but this year I'm not supposed to go in there for at least the next 24 hours. No laundry duty for me because there's something high inside and I haven't been in yet. Um, and I won't, I won't, I promise. This whole picture of gifts and what we're waiting for, what you've marked on a list, what you're expecting, what you're hoping for, that's where this story begins. If you have your Bible and you want to watch along with us or follow along where we're reading, or you can turn to the screens because the verses will magically appear there, we start in Luke. This is after Jesus was born, after she swaddled him in swaddling clothes, after she laid him in a manger, after the shepherds got there, after they went back to the fields and told everybody what they had seen and what they had heard and what they'd experienced and how it had been just as the angels had told them. And now we make our way to the moment when Mary and Joseph present Jesus at the temple. It says in verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And I ask ourselves this question, I ask myself this question every Christmas, like, what is it that you're waiting for? Like, what's the thing that you're hoping for? What's the thing that you really want to find? What's the thing that's on your list? What's the thing that makes a difference to you? What he was waiting for, what he was hoping for, wasn't some present, wasn't something from Amazon.com. It was literally the consolation of his people, Israel. And the cool thing about the Bible is that it wasn't originally written in um, English, the way that we speak, or Southern, the way that I speak. It was originally written in a language called Greek, and that word waiting is prosdekomai. And it doesn't just mean to wait. It means to look eagerly with expectation like you're ready to receive anybody that's ever coached little league or been a parent in the stands watching little league has known this phrase baseball ready and you're shouting at all the boys in the outfield in particular you're telling them to get baseball ready like hey bend at your knees get your glove and your hands ready look for where the ball might come because it's coming to you always expect that the ball might come to you so we tell the kids be ready that's prostecomai that's be ready because something is coming and that's the way that the bible describes Simeon he was was Messiah ready, waiting for Jesus to come and looking for where he might appear. And what is he looking for? The consolation of Israel. That's a Greek word, parakletos, and what it literally means is exhortation, admonition, encouragement, comfort, refreshment. And I don't know about you, but Christmas doesn't just come at the culmination of a season from Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve. It comes at the end of an entire calendar year. And you may be looking at 2023 and say, I need some refreshment to start 2024. It means conciliatory, powerful, hortatory, which is another word for encouragement. It means words of comfort and peace. 
That's what he's ready for. That's what he wants to receive. That's what he's looking and waiting and hoping would come. The idea that Israel would be refreshed, that Israel would be consoled, that Israel would be comforted. It had been revealed to him, verse 26, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He's waiting for a person. And the Bible says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. What are you moving toward in your life? Whatever direction your feet are in, that's the the path that you're taking. Are you moving towards Jesus? That's what we shout. People are like, Nick, why are you doing a sports illustration? You're not good at it. You don't understand it. Y'all follow me. We say to the kids, when the ball's coming, move towards it. Don't wait for it to even get there, and don't be looking in another direction. Move towards it. That's what we talk about with the idea of Advent, with Jesus coming. Move towards him because it's God's great gift that is moving towards us. Be ready to receive and move towards Jesus. And the thing about Christmas, even as opposed to other times during the year, there are so many other things to move towards. There's so many distractions, so many challenges, so many temptations. Like, there's a lot of other options. And we don't want to move towards any of those. We want to move towards Jesus. He's the center of the story. He's the center of the universe. What are you moving towards in your life? Moving towards Jesus isn't just the culmination of Thanksgiving to Christmas holidays. Mary and Joseph had not just been moving towards Jesus for nine whole months. Simeon had been moving towards Jesus for his whole life. And the whole world, since the dawn of creation and since sin entered a garden, People have been looking and waiting and hoping and ready to receive a Messiah, a Savior. It says when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen what? Your salvation which you've prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He saw, when he looked at Jesus, baby Jesus, in his mother's arms, Jesus, he saw a gift of salvation. Paul wrote to Titus in chapter 2, verse 11, he said, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation. That's who Jesus is to all people, and that's what we wait for. That word revelation, if you like to underline words or highlight words or like emphasize words in your Bible, that's a good one. It means to lay bare, to make naked. This is the only church in Middle Tennessee that you're going to hear the word naked on a Christmas Eve morning. You're uncomfortable and so am I. But that's what it means. It means to expose the reality of the truth. That's what the coming of Christ gives to us. It gives us the reality of the truth. And we just sang, joyful all ye nations rise. Because it wasn't just for Israel. It wasn't just for this one family. It wasn't just for that one people. It was for all nations. And then he's saying, join the triumph. We're invited to participate. This thing that you may have not even known that you were waiting for, you're invited to be a part of the story. We've looked at the idea of Mary being a part of the story and the role that she played, Joseph being a part of the story and the role that he played. We looked at shepherds and wise men, and now we look at the people who, what's your part in the story? Have you received Jesus? Israel forever had looked at God's glory being present in their life through a tabernacle in the Old Testament, through a temple in the Old Testament, and ultimately through their status as a nation in the world, which from way back then to even right now has always been tenuous. It's always been challenging. But what we want to say to Israel is what I want to say to us. Like, like Israel's glory doesn't come from Roman occupation or any other sort of 
nation that came in. It also doesn't come from their sovereign state as a nation. It doesn't from, come from a king that ruled over them. It comes from a king that came from them, a king not just for them, but for all the world. That's the glory of God, but the Savior that they bore to us. Do any of us really understand all that Jesus is? It's this and so much more. Scripture says in verse 33 that the child's father and mother marveled. They were blown away. They were astonished. They were shocked by the things that were said about him. We got to be honest at Christmas. Be honest this morning. Who is he to you? Is he that religious symbol that you know gets acknowledged once or twice a year? Or is he a savior and Lord of your life? How have you responded to the truth about him? The Bible says in the Old Testament that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Fast forward in Jesus' life when he's walking around the earth with a whole bunch of disciples, he gets to this region called Caesarea Philippi and he looks around at him and he's like, hey boys, who do people say that the son of man is? He's essentially saying, what's my reputation out there? How many likes do I have? Where are my followers at? Like asking, what do people say? And like, some, yeah, you know, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say mm, you're Elijah or one of the prophets. And then he looks at him square and says, who do you say that I am? Because ultimately it doesn't matter what somebody else says about Jesus. For you, it doesn't matter what I say about Jesus. It doesn't matter what your grandma told you about Jesus. It matters what you believe to be true about Jesus. And Peter spoke up hand raised, pick me, pick me. Y'all know that kid? I did kids ministry for a long time at Rolling Hills. You know the one that raises their hand confidently and regularly, intentionally and passionately, whether or not they know the answer? One of my three children is that kid, like confident, ready to answer every time, no matter what. Here's Peter going, oh yeah, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looks at him and he says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this wasn't revealed to you by, you didn't come up with this on your own. This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood. Nobody told you that. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. If there's anything that you need to know about the Christmas story, it's God in heaven opening up the curtain and making Jesus plain so that you can see him and know him and believe in who he is and why he came. And I love that Simon is a part of that story. And I love that the fellow that we're talking about, his name is Simeon in the part of the story. If you go all the way back to the Old Testament, there's a fellow named Samuel who's an integral part of their story. Every single one of those names comes from the same root that means the same thing, to hear. And not only to hear, but to heed and obey. So here's a fellow named Simeon that heard from the Holy Spirit that he was gonna get to see the Lord's Messiah Here's a fellow named Simeon who obeyed and got ready to receive and waited until the day finally came and he saw Jesus. I want you to be Simon. I want you to hear that Jesus is real. I want you to be baseball ready to receive him, looking for him, passionate about him. That's the crux of the Christmas story. It says that Simeon spoke to the parents. He blessed them. And then he said to Mary, specifically his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. It's not all going to be bells and roses. It's going to be challenging. So that the thoughts of many hearts, yours and mine included, will be revealed and a sword, Mary, will pierce your own soul too. Fast forward in Jesus' life when he's hanging on the cross, who's at the foot of it? His own mom is having to watch that with devastation. It's not always going to be easy, 
But the Lord has a gift for you that will be revealed one day, one way, or another. And we have an opportunity to be the people who willingly bow and confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, or one day who realize in utter regret that we didn't spend our life readily pursuing him. Simeon wasn't the only fellow that was there. There was also, in verse 36, a prophet named Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. I think the Bible is a little bit rude at this point. Like, like why, do, why do we need that detail? Like, couldn't, we could have said she was very pretty, she was very kind. No, she was very old. And the Bible doesn't say that she was old. The Bible says that she was very old. I'm like offended on her behalf. She was very old. The Bible tells us that. And she had lived with her husband seven years after their marriage, and then she was a widow until she was 84. Not that that's very old. Like, I can't even make eye contact because, you know, here we are. It says, she never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. Like, at the very moment that Simeon is declaring, oh, my eyes, I've seen this. this is what she, she comes up to him. She gives thanks to God, and she spoke about the child to all who were looking. There's that word again, not just waiting, but looking. Prosteco, my people that are ready. To anybody that was looking, to anybody that was waiting, to anybody that was ready, she spoke about the child to all who were prosteco, my forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And in this moment, it wasn't people that are looking for consolation. It wasn't people just the ones looking for refreshment, just the ones looking for comfort, just the ones looking for encouragement. It was to the people that knew they needed forgiveness, because that's what redemption is. It's ransom. It's deliverance from sin. It's forgiveness for all eternity, past, present, and future and what we have right here in front of us in the baby Jesus and on the cross of Christ Jesus and in the word of God living breathing Jesus refreshment and redemption we get both we get both we get the encouragement that we need to make it another day to live another year to walk into another difficult situation to endure another difficult challenge But then we also get the promise of the return of a Savior who will gather us up for all eternity to spend it with our Father in heaven. We get the joy of knowing that it all means far more than we think it does. If you go to another gospel in the book of John, he writes about light coming into the world. He says the word, this is Jesus, was was made flesh. God on high in heaven above put on skin and bones and hair and eyes. The word became flesh and made his dwelling. Ultimately, that's what Christmas is. Emmanuel, God with us, made his dwelling among us, insignificant us, poor, impoverished us, desperate and in need, sometimes looking and waiting and sometimes too distracted to care. All of us, we get to see when we're looking his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace. That's good news. And also truth. What do you believe about him? We don't know that Jesus, although we sing it, and we kind of tell it this way. We don't know that Jesus was born at night. We haven't seen his birth certificate. We don't know how much he weighed when he was there. But the Bible says that at night, there were shepherds watching their flock. 
and they were invited, so we assume that it came one evening. Regardless of when he was born, we know that he was born, and we can understand what he brought into the world. The holy of holies opened up for us and come down to us so that when we're ready, so that when our eyes are open, so that when we see, we get the gift of a Savior. I hope you're looking. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day, for the chance to be in this place, to gather with these people and to sing songs of light and hope and truth and love. Songs that remind us that you love us and that you sent your son to die for us. More than anything else, God, I pray that we would be a people who are ready, who are looking, who are waiting, who are longing, not just to receive Jesus ourselves, but to take Jesus to a world that's in desperate need of the encouragement that he brings and the forgiveness that he brings. It's all about your son coming into the world and ultimately into our lives. And it's in his holy, perfect, powerful name that we pray together today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family in your life who may benefit from it. And make sure you're subscribed and get notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download Church Center, our Rolling Hills app. Follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.